Hey everyone, it's Amy. Welcome back to the Sips of Sunshine podcast. Today is Saturday, May the 9th. Oh, you guys, I know that some states are starting to open up and I'm jealous. <laughs> I think I have, I can tell I'm hitting my ceiling of ability to stay home, be by my puppy's side 24 7. You know, I never, it never occurred to me when I was getting a puppy that for the first few months that I had her that I would never have a break, like not a minute to like, other than going to the grocery store. So in the past two months of having her, I've gone to the grocery store and that is it. Other than that, we are by each other's side every second of every day. And she is truly the cutest, sweetest puppy in the whole world, but she's still a puppy. And um, it's just a lot of energy to never be able to just sort of like chill. Oh, but we're getting there. We're getting through it. But if you are finding yourself kind of riding the highs and lows and hitting some points of frustration, especially as we've been in this for quite a while, like I'm certainly, you're in good company. I'm right there with you. I can tell that I'm feeling it. I even called a friend of mine this week who's a realtor here in New York, and I was like, so if I had to break my lease, because <laughs> I was like, I think this apartment's too small. I might need a bigger place. So I think we're all just getting a little, a little squirrely at this point. Um, and it's normal. And I think we'd be a bunch of happy robots if we weren't. So however you're feeling, I'm sending you a lot of grace there. So today's topic, though, get out a pen and paper if you can. This is one of the coolest things I've ever done, and it has completely opened my mind to the possibilities of my life, and um, I want to share this with you. I've shared it on social media, so you might have seen it there, um, and it's not my original idea, but I've sort of formalized it a little bit more into like a worksheet, and you can, uh, if you look on my LinkedIn or my Facebook. I think if you send me a private message, I'll email you the PDF of the worksheet. Um, but it's so cool. So Tim Ferriss, who's someone that I just really respect and admire, I listen to his podcast every week. He came up with this thing. He calls it fear setting. It's kind of like his take on goal setting, I guess. Um, but I want to tell you how it works. And I've done it now twice, and honestly, you guys, I'm just absolutely blown away by how it has sort of, the best way I can describe it is it's like debunked fears that I had, fears of maybe trying something new that I want to try or, um, you know, going after a dream that I have, right? So, sorry, I know I'm rambling because I'm on my computer looking for my fear-setting exercise to take you through. I should have had it pulled up. I forgot to do that before I started recording. Here it is. Um, but I'm going to take you through this because it's been amazing for me. And, you know, as much as I like to set goals, I also like to second-guess my goals and question myself and my abilities and all the things. Um, I So this it just helped me kind of break out of that cycle of like setting a goal, but then not going after it because of the unknowns or the fears around it. So the first thing you want to do is you want to define what your big goal is. And I, and let's just use for the sake of conversation today, 
let's make up a fake goal together because I think it's the best to use like an example. So say your fake goal is, is move to Paris, and quit your job and move to Paris and start a life there. I mean, this is a big goal. And fear setting can be for any goal, big or small, but it works, I think, the best with like really big goals where you have a lot of like, yeah, buts, you know. Yeah, but I don't have the money. Yeah, but I don't know how I could live in another country, all those things. So first thing you do is you define this big, like, life-changing goal or whatever the goal is. It doesn't have to be life-changing. So pick your goal. Pick the biggest goal you can think of that something you really want to do. Then what you do, and this is, this is the harder part, you make a list of worst-case scenarios, right? So if the goal is quit my job, move to Paris, start a new life. Worst-case scenarios could be I move to Paris and I can't find a job and I end up homeless and on the streets. I move to Paris and I can't find an apartment. I end up living in like a really sketchy neighborhood that I don't like. I move to Paris and I take a job, but it doesn't pay enough and I hate it, right? Like you just, you know, I move to Paris and I lose touch. I'm super lonely and I don't make any friends there and I lose touch with all my friends back home. Like just like all the, you know, I, I move to Paris and my visa gets denied and I'm forced to move back or I don't know if you use the visa, but like. Just all the like, the things that like, almost like if you were at dinner with your most negative friend and you were like, you know, I think I want to move to Paris. They'd be like, well, you know, almost like have that conversation in your head. What would your most negative friend have to say? Well, you know, what if you don't find a job? Well, what if you can't sort out the visa thing? What if you're lonely? What if you, you know, blah, blah, blah. So first you're just going to write down and you can't, I, this can't be three or four things. I need you to go deep because I just need you to like blow up all the fear, right? So have a goal of at least 10 worst case scenarios. Then what you're going to do is for each worst case scenario, so each of the 10, you're going to go back and you're going to list for each one how you could prevent that worst case scenario thing from happening in the first place. And then if it did happen, how you could repair it. So again, let's use an example of you want to move to Paris and one of your worst case scenarios is you move there and you can't find another job and you end up homeless and on the street. To prevent that from happening, you say, to prevent that from happening, I am going to dedicate two hours a day for the 30 days before my move to job hunting, building relationships and starting to network, you know, through LinkedIn and, and through friends and connections so that when I move there, I already have interviews and contacts lined up and that will make it much more likely that I will get a job as soon as I get there or very soon after. And then to repair that. So if it does happen, you get there and you've just tried and tried and you can't find a job and you run out of money. To repair that, you'd be like, well, I can either find a free way to live in Paris for a few months while I figure it out. Maybe that is getting paid to house sit for someone who's traveling or be, um, you know, uh, like a house manager or an au pair or like, I mean, just literally like, how can I not have to leave Paris but have free lodging? I bet if you Googled like ways to live in Paris for free, there are like probably some crazy ways. Um or you could say, or I can move back to the States for a few months, catch my breath, create a new plan, you know, stay in my dad's basement for three months for free, figure it out and go back and do it again. So 
you're going to do that for every single big, like worst case scenario fear you have. And this is going to take a while. Like when I did my fear setting exercise for one of my big dreams, I spent about a half an hour on the entire exercise. So that's what you're going to do first. You're going to write down your 10 worst case scenarios. And then for each one, how could you prevent it from happening? And how could you repair it if it still happens? Then you move on to step two. And this is the fun one, which is just list all the possible benefits, the magical things that could happen if you are successful or even partly successful. So again, let's use Paris as the example. You move to Paris and you meet your future spouse when you live there. You move to Paris and you make a ton of amazing new friends and you all end up traveling the world together. You move to Paris and you realize that that is where you were meant to live your whole life and you've never felt more fulfilled or authentic in who you are. You know, on and on. I mean, you just dream it up. You move to Paris and you you embrace the Parisian lifestyle and you eat baguettes and brie in parks in beautiful sunny afternoons. Like that is like really I will like this is like fairy tale land go crazy. You move to Paris and you meet a fashion model and like if you, if you're like if that's your goal in life if that would make you so happy. Like there's just nothing you can't put here. Sky's the limit. No one ever has to read this. Go crazy, but like list just best case scenario. This is where I want you to be the best case scenario girl or guy and list just like sky's the limit, right? You could move to Paris and get a job that pays five times as much as you're making now. And you never knew that job existed. You could move to Paris and fall in love with the love of your life and live in a villa in Tuscany. Like, just go on and on. Go crazy. This is the fun part. Let your mind go. Don't hold yourself back and don't be embarrassed about any of your goals because these are your goals and no one else even ever needs to see this. And then the last part, and you guys, this is the most important part, do not skip this part. What I want you to do last, well, what Tim wants you to do, but I'm, I'm telling you to do. What you're going to do as the third step is you're going to list the cost of inaction. What is the cost to you for not going forward and pursuing this dream? If I avoid doing this thing, what could I miss out on? If I avoid doing this thing, I'm just saying it twice because it's so important. I want you to hear it. So then let's frame it. If I don't move to Paris, what am I potentially missing out on? If I don't get my yoga certification, what am I potentially missing out on? If I don't drive across the country in a Winnebago with my dog and visit every national park, what am I missing out on? If I don't buy that fixer-upper in the mountains and renovate it with my own two hands, what am I missing out on? You hear me, right? Like, if I don't fill in the blank, what am I missing out on? We are really good as humans. We are really good at measuring what we'll lose because it's a known thing. It's a known quantity, right? Like, um... When I thought of moving to New York, like New York was one of these big scary dreams that I definitely could have done a fear setting exercise on. When I thought of moving to New York, all I thought about for a while was what I was losing. 
I lived in San Diego, so I was losing my big, beautiful condo, my nice BMW, my golden doodle, the beautiful weather, all my friends, my colleagues in that office. I stayed with my company, but I moved offices. The colleagues in that office who I loved, like my very best friends, like I had a really hard time thinking of what I was gaining because I didn't know what I was gaining. I just knew what I was losing. So I put 90% of my headspace around the move on what I was losing. I knew enough to know I still needed to do it, so I did it. But I did it like I cried almost every day leading up to the move because all I could think of was what I was losing. So step three, if I avoid fill-in-the-blank, what might I miss out on? And a good way to, to pace this out is to list it in, what, would, what might I miss out on in the next six months if I don't do this? What might I miss out on if I don't do this in the next year? So a year from now, if I don't do this a year from now, what could I have missed out on? And then three years from now, what could I have missed out on if I don't do this? And this again is where you're just making things up. But it's like three years is about as far as we can. Hey guys, I just had to stop recording for a second because my uh, recording thing did something funny. But to wrap that up, three years is about as far as we can look forward without sort of it not feeling like real or realistic. So that is so important to list that. And again, just remember we can measure what we will potentially lose, but we don't know how to measure what we could gain because we just don't know what that is. So we're trying to measure the unknown, which is why most of us have a goal, but then don't go after it because we're so focused on what we could lose and we don't focus on what we could gain because we don't even know that it could exist. Like if you had told me when I decided to move to New York, all the crazy magical things that would have happened when I moved to New York, I wouldn't have like, I just wouldn't have even known to dream of those dreams. It sounds so silly, but like, I really wouldn't have even known to dream these dreams that have happened since I've moved here. The people I've met, the experiences I've had, you know, it's just been a joy ride. And if you had shown me that, I still would have cried leaving San Diego because I was crying because I love the people and my dog so much. But I would have been even more excited and I, I might have even made the move sooner. Who knows? So that is the fear setting exercise. It has rocked my world. I really hope you like it. Um, feel free to find me on LinkedIn or Facebook and ask me for it and I will email it to you. Um, but hopefully you can also just follow this and DIY. Um, and let's, you know, let's all take a collective deep breath and remember that life goes forward and you can still plan for and get excited about and even start moving ahead with some amazing life-changing goals. Um, if there's something on your heart and on your mind, this could be a great time to meditate on it and clear your head and get really excited about it. Thanks for listening as always. Happy Saturday. Hopefully you're listening to this Saturday or Sunday. It is snowing in New York. I can't even deal. It's May 9th and it's snowing in New York. <laughs> oh man. And I will talk to you all next week. Have a great weekend. Bye.